Hello, and welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights, the show where we ask SaaS founders, CEOs, marketers, and investors about the lessons they've learned in their quest to grow their companies. My name is Paul Stevenson, and I'm founder and CEO of SaaS marketing agency, 47 Insights. On today's show, I have an interview with Greg Dickinson, CEO at Omadim. Hope you enjoy it. Greg Dickinson, uh, CEO, Omadim. Welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Glad to be here today. So um, I, we were just talking and uh, we both uh, had to admit that we're uh, veterans uh, to some degree in, in what we do. Um, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and uh, you go back a, a long way in, in software. And uh, yeah, I'm really interested in hearing about how you got started. And at what point software became SaaS uh, for you uh, and uh, what Omidim does uh, that I think answers a a real problem that a lot of people will recognize. Okay. Well, I thought this was only going to be a half hour, but you gave me three hours worth of material. (laughs) So I'm I'm, I'm off to a good start. Hey, thanks for uh, inviting me on today. Like I said to you before we started, uh, you're you're, you're blazing the trail here. You've got some, you had some really great people. I, like I said, Dave Gerhardt at Drift and and Patrick Campbell, you know, at at Price Intelligently. So um, how I got started was I was in the United States Air Force and I was a technical, uh, you know, sergeant then. And I got, I was trying to, you know, finish up my, uh, my college degree was taking a lot of computer science classes. So when I got out of the Air Force, I went to work for a for a company and used those you know those technical skills to help you know use technology basically on a help desk, and that led to you know us we were a reseller and uh, we were competing against a lot of big companies, so we kind of figured out we could use e-commerce as a way to give us a competitive advantage. So that e-commerce platform led to, you know, the owner of the company who I work for, who I, you know, is still one of my strong mentors today, you know, didn't want to go into the e-commerce space. He wanted to keep, you know, what we were doing. So I went out and solicited Ariba, Commerce One, and Elcom, um, who were three of the, you know, this is 1996. So three of the, you know, early adopters of electronic commerce. And, you know, fortunate for me, um, I landed with Ariba in 1997. I was an early employee there. I think I was one of the first people they hired outside of uh, California. And, you know, I got my, uh, I think I got my bachelor's degree, my master's degree, and my PhD in software from, you know, working with guys like Keith Kroc, who today is one of my, you know, my strong mentors, you know, Keith Kroc at, you know, um, Reba and DocuSign and just, you know, great. So that led me to, you know, just love software. And, you know, at Reba, I was a pre-sales engineer. That's what I was hired to do, uh, do the, you know, the demos. And I ended up managing that, that department. And, you know, I'll fast forward on a little bit. I, I did another startup in 2007 um, that was called Hyperos. And there we were, you know, helping businesses manage their third parties or, you know, suppliers and vendors. And something started to occur to me, you know, during, that venture. And that was that although we were quote unquote, helping to manage third parties, all of our energy and our software was focused on who was giving us money, right? The, the, the banks and the oil and gas companies, but the buyer was left behind. So I, I kind of uh, left uh, Hyperos and, and uh, you know, migrated to the Southeast and, and, and it kind of a, a perfect storm happened um, around this idea of, you know, Greg, when you started, um, you started Ariba in 1997, you were doing a demo face-to-face or over the phone, and gosh, that's exactly the same as it is today in the software <laughs> space. 
but yet you looked out and said, you know, look at the 8,000 companies that have been helping marketing and the 6,000 companies that are helping sales. Everything has been automated from 1996 till now, but the demo is exactly the same. And, <laughs> you know, with the changing buyer, um, the environment of, you know, I want it now. Um, and, and, you know, how could we, right, could I find a way to, to technologically help that early stage top of the funnel demo so that, you know, the buyer experience was better. So, you know, that's how Amadim came about is that, that revelation that there's a space. I love the demo. I'm a pre-sales guy at heart. I, I, I think it's the best part of, of software is demoing your, you know, your wear. So, um, you know, it can be used in a lot of areas, but that's how we got started is uh, that. And, and, you know, Amadim is simply my demo backwards. Um, I, I, that way I can remember how to spell it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> And so you're uh, two years into this journey um, with this product, right? Uh, yeah, going on two years. It'll be two years in the, in the, in the October timeframe. So has anything changed during that period in terms of what your original vision was and, and how it's actually subsequently rolled out? Yeah, I think, you know, we really looked at first off was, well, you know, the, 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 when, when I did after I left Ariba, I did two other startups plus Hyperos. And as the founder or the CEO in the early stage company, I was doing a lot of the demos. And, I, and so first we pointed, right, our software, which really, you know, allows for, think of, you know, th think of the technology as Alexa on top of YouTube. So, you know, static video is available, but it's play, it's pause, it's fast forward. You, no one listens, Paul, you and I not, are not going to listen to 60 minutes of, of any content, right? So what we do is we allow you to record your demo your sales pitch, a webinar, a podcast, right? And then our software will allow the, the prospect to ask a question, you know, does your software do parallel workflow? Does it have reporting? And it will bring you to the exact demo and to the exact segment of that software where, that's, where that demo is, is being played on the video. So we can learn and retain that information. So, you know, kind of, we thought that would be best suited for the smaller startups, to be honest with you. And we spent, um, as the product was being developed, I had a lot of conversations. I went to a lot of incubators, a lot of WeWorks, a lot of, you know, in, in Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, Atlanta, Tennessee. And what I'd found was, you know, that may not be the best, you know, best market. And so now over the last, I'd say, uh, we released our product in February. Um, and although we have a lot of smaller companies as customers, we're finding the bigger pain is in the, you know, maybe the mid-market to the enterprise customers. And the yeah. reason for that is, you know, they're all trying to figure as Patrick will tell you, CAC costs are up 50% in the last five years. So yeah. if you're a SaaS business and your go-to-market strategies of content marketing and direct sales is costing you more money and you're getting less utility, it's still working but you're getting less utility and your cost of sales is going up one way, right. To, to, to automate a portion of that process is the demo. So we're finding that the pain or the, the significance of the problem is mid market to enterprise is much more acute. And, you know, we've got enough customers under our belt now and, 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 and thanks to the cloud and AWS, right. We're able to scale to that size customer. So that's a big change, right. And, and, and we, you know, simple, a simple little pivot to, to address a, a same problem, different market. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have thought that that B2B enterprise space was always where the problem uh, is because, you know, they've got a lot of expensive people giving demos uh, and uh, the results, you know, are, are variable. And people really want, as you said, to solve service much further into the journey than they used to. Yeah, absolutely. We see, you know, we see three, three precedents happening. Number one, 
the buyer, you know, and Forrester and Gartner and you, and you and I will both agree has changed tremendously, right? The, the cloud, right, has created a lot more competition and therefore the buyers can go to a lot more places for information. We're always connected, right? That darn little phone in our hands means we can get a demo. And it's surprising. One of our statistics across our customers is that almost 50% of all demos that are, you know, of course, ours are automated, are given before nine or after six, right? Your buyers are connected. They may want to do their research like that, like you just said, that self-guided process before, right? When, is, when are all demos given? Schedule it between nine and five, right? So the buyer has changed, but also, right, I think there's some really lessons to be learned from um, if you look at what Netflix has done, right? It's the same product as Blockbuster. It's a movie, but Netflix... Yeah took away the friction. They made the buying process easier, right? Uber and, and Lyft, it's the same ride from point A to point B, but they made the customer buying process much easier. They removed the friction. So I think that that's the, you know, that, that, that point of, of, the, of the buyer's journey being much more important. They want to see the product earlier in the sales cycle. They now have the clout and the power to make that happen. And so, yeah, you're right. The enterprise, you know, we've got a couple of them that, you know, without mentioning your names have said, you know, we can't take the enterprise sales model that we had and use that to sell to the mid market or the SMB market. It's too expensive. Number one. And number two, in some cases, small business or medium-sized business will buy faster. And if we got to get a one-to-one demo, it's not scalable, right? We could actually add months to our sales cycle. So, you know, again, those are learnings as you go out and talk to more customers, you see, you know, kind of how they're trying to go to market and so forth. So you're exactly right. That's, that's the area that we're finding, you know, not that it doesn't exist in small, medium businesses, but, you know, clearly the mid and, and, and enterprise market is a acute pain that we're solving. Great. Um, yeah, I think it's a problem that you know I and a lot of other people see all the time. So uh, I was interested. So I'm thinking that it's, it's pre-sales is the only use case, but I guess you can use it for other things, right? Like customer support or what else? Well, yeah, yeah. You, you we, we uh, pre-sales, right? Is who I'm trying to make into you know kind of hero, like your like your like your uh, Anthony from Gainsight is is making customer success, right? And pre-sales has no tools, so pre-sales we want to them to be able to utilize the product to to create the demos and the content. But there's really a broad set of use cases, salespeople. Thanks to some of those uh, software companies that record sales calls, they're now publishing statistics that say that 75% of all buyers on a prospecting call ask to see the product in the first three minutes. <laughs> so instead of that salesperson saying, well, you know, Paul, we'll, we'll, get, we'll schedule it for you. We'll do discovery. Now they can say, here's demo on demand. You can ask your own questions. And we provide also a GPS type feature to you know guide you in that process. So that's a inside sales perfect use case, sales perfect use case. And in fact, a lot of those enterprise companies we were talking about have started to say, "Hey, I know we hired you to do prospecting and inside sales, but we need you to give demos as well." And I'll confess, it's not the best demos, right? So you could actually hurt yourself um, in that area. But also, um, interesting enough, on the websites, right? The only way it's a bottleneck to get a demo is to request a demo or you can call it scheduled demo or live demo. A form pops up, Paul. You've seen it. I've seen it. Statistics from, from, um, from the marketing company say that 85% of all buyers that are presented with that fill out the form for the demo abandon and reject it. They don't fill it out. So we see marketing now being also being a use case for us where they're saying, hey, let's replace that request a demo with an automated demo process, we can get SEO, we can get 
know, think of all the intelligence our, our software gathers. Every question that's asked, which videos, which content, how long, who was it, what role. So now we're becoming that friend of, uh, of marketing. Not, not They have a lot of their plate, right? We know a lot of things <laughs> they're doing. So, you know, a friend may be the strong word, but we're trying to help as, as much as we can um, across that use case. And you're right. Our vision, um, taking it forward, is that the demo is where we want to start first. I, I, that's my area. That's the, the area I love. And so I wanted to go there first. But as you can imagine, the customer journey starts with the demo, but implementations next, customer success after that, and then support. All four of those areas, the customer is thirsty for product knowledge and product information. It's, it's amazing that when I looked at the YouTube channels, 68% of all searches on YouTube are how-to. So people are looking, how do I do something? And so we think that our vision will be, we'll roll out this technology across the discipline so that the customer journey can be digitized and we can get the information to them instantaneously. And let's be honest, right? If, if I was instructing you on how to put, put together a gas grill um, and I sent you 30 pages of instructions or I sent you a link to a video, I, I think you'd prefer to say, hey, how do I do this? And it would bring you to the six minute mark where that, that in complicated leg installation is being shown as opposed to you trying to read the book, right? So we're all uh, attuned to video as a way to learn and retain information. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that's fantastic. So I was just, the geek in me was just thinking about um, the technology, the details behind it. So um, you're, you're taking videos and then you're allowing them to be indexed or, or searchable and scroll or whatever to the particular point of interest. So there must be quite a lot of technology be behind that. Yeah, that's why I surround myself with smart people, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really boils down to taking a, a recorded, and again, it could be a PDF, a PowerPoint, a, you know, an MP4 video, uploading into our platform. And yes, we do a lot of technical stuff that really kind of takes that audio, transcribes it. But then kind of the secret sauce is, and this is not a technical term, but this is what my engineers say, Greg, we munge it, right? What we do is we do a lot of, of work to that transcript, and then we put natural language processing on top of that so that, you know, as you're asking a question, you know, just to give you a kind of a geeky answer, if you were to ask me, Greg, how is your software priced, right? If I was presenting, I'd probably not, I'd probably, I mean, you'd ask me, uh, Greg, how much does your software cost? I would never present Here's how our software costs. I would say the word price. So we got to put a little bit of natural language processing on top of that. And then, you know, kind of the AI, I hate to overuse that word, but then a lot of machine learning to say, hey, Paul's title is X. And, you know, we, we know from past experience that people like Paul looked at this content for a long time. So let's help to the recommendation engine to suggest things, type ahead, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot in, you know, kind of that, that area. And, and, and frankly, you know, this is one of the reasons why we're able to do what we do is that if, if 10 years ago, you know, if I wanted to automate a demo, man, I could, I could do maybe a PowerPoint walkthrough. I could do some other static videos. And to start a company like mine would have cost, you know, tens of millions of dollars, right, in the technical infrastructure. The cloud has really enabled me to go to AWS and be able to, you know, get all the components I need. And there's a lot of them for a reasonably priced, you know, investment in order to deliver to you, right, a, a pretty sophisticated technological advancement where not a lot of companies are offering, you know, kind of a searchable, you know, smart uh, UI for the, for the user to learn 
you know, what your software does and, and how it can do it. And we, you know, we've done things like bots in there so that, you know, we're partnered with, uh, with one company that uses Drift. So think about, you asked a, com- a question about price. I could be smart and say, Paul, pricing is not something we talk about. Would, would you like to talk to a salesperson, right? I can use that to extend, you know, our relationship. So, yeah, you're, 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 it's not the geek in you. It's the knowledge guy in you that says this is complicated, and we try to make it simple. And, and I should say, uh, other cloud services are available. This, this podcast is sponsored by AWS. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at them all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Cool. So uh, you're a, a veteran of software, uh, and you know you're in this uh, two, three-year startup, Omidim, which sounds absolutely fantastic, and I think it really addresses a problem uh, that certainly I see. Um, I was just keen to um, understand what changes you've seen in marketing uh, over your career, uh, maybe as a bystander, maybe as an active participant. Uh, and how you're going about marketing uh, Omidin from, you know, starting from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, in, 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 the, in the, you know, 1997 when I joined Ariba, I think marketing was really about, you know, frankly, we wave the banner, hey, we're a startup, right? And we're this, we're using these new technologies called Java, and it's an internet application, <laughs> and we're, you know, automating a process. And that got, you know, we could... You know, my, my, my sales team that I work for as a pre-sales engineer could get a lot of meetings based on that. And I think, you know, if you fast forward, you know, 20 years, gosh, you know, a, a, as statistics say, 10 years ago, we had three competitors. Today, every company has 12. That's a lot of noise, right? And there's just and, – and, Paul, you and I can go to your podcast to learn. We can go to, you know, oftentimes there's industry-specific blogs. There's inter, industry-specific analysts. So where we can go for information is no longer directly to Ariba or directly to, you know, to, to Gainsight or one of your other companies, right? And so I think where I've seen – and, I never, you know, I've never been in the marketing department, but I've seen marketing help me as a sales professional is getting more specific, right, and being able to target um, – you know, that pre-sales engineer in our example, these are the, this is a life in the day of a pre-sales engineer. What, what are you suffering from and how can we help? I think a bland, you know, blanketed information that says, hey, we automate the demo, it isn't going to cut it where 20 years ago, that would have been pretty cool and maybe that would have got someone's attention. So I think, I think that's one. I think two, right, you know, the, 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 the notion of a lot of these uh, tools, right? I mean, the, the, the tech stack has become your friend, right? And I think we play into that, but I think what you look at, a, you know, inside sales is a, a sales force or one of the, you know, then on top of that, you know, or any of the CRMs on top of that, you, you can look at, you know, the HubSpots and Pardot and Marketos and you can, t- on top of that, you know, how you can get information and phone numbers and emails. I think all that, right, allows for, you know, marketing to be much more targeted. And um, I've seen, you know, in, in Amadim, we really have focused in on, because we're small, right? We're, we're, we've only been around for, for a, 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 going on two years. So we got to focus in on our target, right? You can't just, hey, I'm going to sell to all 80,000 software companies in the United States. I'll be here for 20 years trying to get that done, right? I got to focus on, you know, those, those, those customers uh, specifically that have a problem and then, then it will grow from there. And then, you know, 
from that, from that perspective. So I think that's where I've seen, you know, marketing and, 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 you know, and, and being able to learn from podcasts like yourselves and, and other avenues where you can see this is what others are doing. I think, you know, Drift does a great job in, in their, in being able to give away, right. Things that they have done that are successful. My hat's off to them. I, you know, they, I look up to them uh, quite a bit because they, they pioneer some new interesting ways. So I think that helps marketing too. That wasn't around, you know, 15 years ago, we all kind of, you know, kept tight what we were doing, right. It's a secret sauce. And, and, and now it's about execution it's not about the idea yeah i mean there's a there's a ton of uh, great ideas out there but yeah it's definitely how you uh, deliver on them uh and and prove on them um so uh you know with this uh long career in uh pre-sales and software uh what is it that you know keeps you motivated because uh you know, this is your second, third, possibly fourth startup. Uh, you obviously love it. Um, you know, what what is it about it for you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, 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 first of all, you know, software's what I know, right? And I've always been fascinated, you know, even as a young kid, I was fascinated by the fact that in the manufacturing process, you know, on one side was raw materials and the other side was the automobile, right? That, and software is just that way to me. It's here's a problem and the other end is automation. But, you know, what keeps me motivated is my thirst for learning, right? And 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 and, and I am, you know, I, I had dyslexia when I was a child, so when I graduated high school, I was reading at like a, a eighth grade level. So I struggled big time in school. Now, thankfully, I was really strong in mathematics, which led me to computer science and led to my, you know, my career. So every every down, you know, has an up, but it's it's really, you know, kind of giving me a syndrome that am I doing the right job? Am I, you know, constantly thinking about, you know, are we going to be, you know, uh, someone going to do what we're doing better. So I'm constantly thirsting for that information and trying to, you know, be the best I can be um, in, in the company. And, you know, if I learned one thing at Ariba, you know, the, the, the CEO that has the best team wins. And so that really motivates me at, at Hyperos. We had an exceptional team. We competed against some really large companies and we won. And, you know, I'm going to do the same thing here at Amadem. I think this space will get crowded someday. And so, you know, it's about leadership and it's about, you know, getting a team and putting, you know, the customer first, the team second and finance will take care of itself. And those kind of, you know, little sayings motivate me to continue every day to see if I can't build something and build a great team, employ people and, and really, you know, help make my customers raving success. And that's fun. That to me, you know, I, as I've said before, I'm, I'm fortunate in, in where I am in my career. My kids are out of the house. And uh, to me, work's a hobby. I'm working 24 hours a day, but it's not work. It's just, I enjoy listening to your podcast. I enjoy picking up new books and reading them. And if I can learn something new every day and then go to the office and put it to work, that's a great day. Great day. Absolutely. I agree. I'm, I'm an info freako as well. I love just, just learning about stuff, which is why I do this podcast because it really helps me to learn what's, what's going on both in marketing and, and software. So, um, would you say that you're creating a new category or uh, are there already competitors in this space? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I don't, there are people using similar technology in other areas, legal being one, higher ed, right, for, the, for uh, helping to people to, to, to be able to take online classes and find them. But, you know, I don't know that we're creating a new space as much as we're, you know, kind of trying to automate, you know, something that, you know, that already exists. And, you know, we'll see, I'm sure that there will be, 
you know, other entrants that'll, that'll pivot left or pivot right to come in here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that happens, right. Cause it's much easier to get a, you know, to create a market, if you will, when there is more than one, you know, person yelling, Hey, come over here and look at me. Right. So, um, but, but, uh, you know, I, at Hyperos, we created third party management as a space. That's hard, right. It's really hard to create, um, a space, but, you know, ask me that question in a year and I, and, and by then we'll have either we joined something or we created something, right? It's the, the direction right now. We're just trying to continue to evolve on the vision of, of how do we make that buying experience better, lowering the cost of that, of that, for that organization and giving them an opportunity to, you know, as we say, candidly, the demo process sucks for everybody, buyers and suppliers, and we're removing the friction so that buyers can buy more and sellers can sell more. Right. So it's a, a really simple formula. Yeah, so this is what springs to mind for me. What what happens, and it may have already happened, don't, you don't need to tell me if it has. What happens if somebody like Salesforce just comes along and offers you a lot of money? Well, that hasn't happened yet. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it, 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 the, the idea behind starting a company is is looking at how can how you can grow it and, and, and be successful in the market. And, you know, at Hyperos, it happened eight years out of the gate, seven years out of the gate. And um, at Ariba, right, I was with that when we went public and did all those wonderful things. So, you know, um, if that happens, we'll have that conversation. But for me, it would be all about, you know, will what we're working on, right, survive? And, and Salesforce or other companies have, have, you know, kind of success of doing some and others they buy that really actually get squashed, right? And it doesn't, it was more yeah. of a, hey, we, we want to do that ourselves kind of, so to speak. So we'll have to see when that comes. But right now, you know, my focus is really on the next customer and, and, and growing that market. Um, you know, our, our revenues are a little small for this to move a needle at Salesforce right now. <laughs> I'm sure they are, but I'm, I'm yeah. sure they're. Uh, yeah, look, I think that's. Um, I think you're in a fascinating um, market space. Uh, I think what you've done is, uh, you know, very innovative and, and outstanding. And uh, I think there's so much potential with this product. From the moment I first saw it, uh, I just thought, yeah, these guys have, have solved a problem, and there's, there's a hell of a lot of people out there with that problem. So. Um, Thanks very much for your time today, Greg, and I'm wishing you a ton of luck with uh, Omidim. Uh, well, Paul, thank you for those kind words. I, I know someone uh, coming from someone like you that sees a lot and, and hears a lot. I, that, that's a true compliment, and I truly appreciate that. Thank you very much, and you know, hopefully, maybe we can touch base in a, in a period of time down the road and, and have chapter two because I'm uh, you you tri- you blaze a trail you blaze a trail here, and I'm honored to be a part of your uh, podcast. Thank you, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Greg. For more info on Omidim, please visit www.omidim.com. For more info about this show and to get our links to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher and YouTube, check out www.47insights.com. And if you have any SaaS marketing insights that you'd like to share on the show, please get in touch. Until next time.